Real. Number one, I'm out here looking like one on one. Everyone else is a runner up, and I still feel like I ain't done enough. Talk to myself like it's your time. Walk in the building, it's your time. Gotta give thanks to the most high. I am the one that she's co-sign. What up, world? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cosigns Conversations podcast. It's great to have you guys all listening and tuning in to what we're doing here over at Cosign Magazine. This episode is brought to you by Katie's Custom Jewelry, a black-owned business and a black-owned jeweler based in Dallas, Texas. Please follow Katie's Custom Jewelry on Instagram, KDS Custom Jewelry. Follow him, like, comment, uh, show love, and you know if you ever need a custom chain, charm, piece, bracelet, he does orders all over the world. So yeah, please support uh, a black-owned jeweler. There's not that many out there, so this is this is pretty cool. Um, but without further ado, we have CJ Miles, father, NBA sharpshooter, and artist, and we had a great conversation. We talked basketball, we talked life, um, creativity, quarantine, mental health. So uh, without further ado, here's the cosign episode with CJ Miles. Thank you for joining us in the Cosign Conversations podcast, man. Um, our whole Cosign team are huge basketball fans and, you know, we're a fan of your work, bro, especially, you know, you being a shooter, man. I always say if I wasn't, if I wasn't 5'7", man, I'd be having hoop dreams myself, but, you know, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't work that way for me. <laughs> hey, everybody, everybody playing yeah, different, Yeah, man. and especially the crazy thing is, man, like, I kind of wish I would have grown up these in these days because when I was playing basketball, our coach was more about running the plays. You know, like we we really couldn't. Yeah, you're not. The game is yeah, tall, man. Totally like different. there was no green light. You got more of a chance. You got more of a chance to uh to be able to make like it's not so right. specific. Like back then, it was like point guard, shoot guard, exactly. small guard. Da, 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 da. This how we run it. This how we do it. Now it's like if you got a skill set, like if you shoot the ball really well, then we just find a way to get you shots. I don't care how tall you are. I don't care how. Exactly. Just figure it man. out. So like it's, it's totally different. different, man. So that's actually a great transition, man, because, you know, um, I know you play that skyline, man. I, I want to kind of talk about, you know, with, with platforms like Bleacher Report and House of Highlights, man. How was it kind of like for you when you was in high school playing ball? You know what I'm saying? I know you were well-known playing ball, but there wasn't like a platform to kind of really shine light everywhere. Nah, I, man, <laughs> we've had this conversation the other day. It's crazy you said this because, like, right. we didn't have that. Like, I remember the first video that I saw myself was oh, Rivals. Wow. And that was when it was just kind of starting to you know, pop off. Like, rank, like people was ranking and doing all that stuff. But, like, it wasn't – the platform wasn't as big. It was just, right. like, message boards. Um, it was, it was like uh, – or, like, Rivals had their own thing and you had to pay to get – you know what I mean? They have – and Rivals was for the coaches then. It wasn't even for exactly. everybody else. It was just for scouting. So, um, like, I can't – honestly, like, we – you. You can't find no footage of me from, right. from the summertime. Uh, like, if you go looking, like, you're not going to find it. it. It'll take you forever. If you do, I ain't found none. <laughs> like, I don't have it unless somebody got a tape. A parent right. got it. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's not, it's nothing like that then. And, and then the same thing, I think it changed the game for some of these kids because some of these kids, they look at basketball now different because, like, it's like I want a basketball player not play basketball. If that makes sense. No, that does. No, that does. Like I want to be like it's a it's like a look and it's a it's a something stuff that come with it more so than the game. Exactly. And that's not all kids, obviously, but there's a lot of kids that's just around it and in it. It's like a part of it's like hip hop. It's like culture. Like for sure. It's like we just we just attaching to it because we're gonna travel, we're gonna get free shoes, we're gonna get to run around, get followers. You know what I'm saying? And some of them kids is too talented to not treat the game the right way right because some of them get a lot of early success with their talent and they get followers and they get you know people start blowing them up and they kind of plateau because they you can tell they're not really in it for the game right right and they don't know no better because they kids Nah, definitely, definitely. they being just they just being drove around and like, like we're gonna do this that I and mean, everybody highlights you about this you're gonna do you know what i'm saying like it's just about a whole bunch of other stuff sometimes Right, and it's like the business started way earlier for them too. Now, uh -huh. like now in high school, they're already getting looks. You know, exactly. I mean, early exactly. on, yeah. so it's like they man, talk about after. they talk about the league. They talk about them being in the league when they freshmen. They say, "Well, when he gets to this, he'll be able to do this and that." Like I did a I did a podcast like a few days ago, and it was a mental awareness type thing. And they talked about how my transition was from high school to the league, 
And I told him right. it's totally opposite because of social media stuff. I was like, when I was getting ready to come out of high school, I had no idea that going to the league was an option until it was time. Oh, okay. Like my parents were, and my coach were able to keep that from me because there wasn't everybody running around uh, with cameras all the time. And it wasn't all over the internet everywhere. Like it wasn't no social media like that. Like it wasn't even no MySpace right. at this time. Right, true. When I true. Um, MySpace was just getting ready to start when I'm in high school, so like I didn't have a MySpace to like senior, rookie year in the league and stuff like that. Um, so like that's what made it different for me coming out is that I was able to just focus on the game. I didn't have to worry about well what might or might not happen, what's coming up next, or do I have to show yeah. out in this game because such and such is there? <laughs> I got to approach gotcha. the game the way it's supposed to be approached, which is why I was able to play it the way I played it. Gotcha. So, so in high school, I mean, in high school, of course, you knew you were flourishing. Did you know, like, when scouts were coming or you was being like recruited? Did you know that, or it was just like you would find out after? I knew. So I knew. I started knowing about the college part, obviously, because you start getting letters in the mail. So, like, right. that kind of lets you know stuff is starting to turn. And then when that start picking up, you start coaches start coming by because they can. They come by to make relationships like that. So I knew the college stuff was turning. But as far as the league goes. I had no yeah. idea like how that that how that situation was until going into that summer. I had the opportunity to do some workouts for NBA teams, and that's when everything started getting broken down to me. Like after my senior oh. basketball season was over. Gotcha. But did you um in high school did you have an idea that you know you going to the league was a possibility um, or going to the league? Eventually, yes. Out of high school, no. Okay. I, I had it. No. It was on my <laughs> it was on my list. Like that right. was my goal. I wanted to get there, and I think you know eighth, ninth, tenth grade is when I started to like mentally myself see that what I was doing, like working wise and starting to see I was separating. Like that's when I really started to see it. Uh, I started growing. I started um, like living in the gym. Like I was like, I was doing, I wasn't just running around playing. My dad and my high school coach, my high school coach son, Jason Mayo, J.D. Mayo, they allowed me to okay. you know, be in the gym. We had a church donate a gun to the, uh, to the school. So I was able to <laughs> shoot on the gun. Um, oh, wow. I had coaches that would stay with me in the evening because we moved like across the street from the school at one point. So like I was just okay. in there and I was like, this the way, this is the way, like this is it. Like this is the way right. out. Like not saying there's no other way out, but I knew for me, that's what it was. Because I can tell, was. like I love to do it. I was getting better. I didn't mind working at it. I had, I, right. you know what I'm saying? Like in, that's what you're looking for in something. It's all all sides of it to make you a better person and to enjoy it. It made me a better person and made me a better it made me better at everything. I was always good when I could go do that. And that's where it started. Man, that's that's dope that like the, you know, your community and everybody kind of invested in you. Yeah, and that's the difference too. Like they invested in me in a way that didn't make me feel like they was trying to get nothing from me. Right. Like I was around people that were genuinely there and happy for me because most of the people that were there have been there since the beginning anyway. So like gotcha. I was good as a little kid, but like there's a lot of good basketball players as little kids. Y'all little kids, like just yeah. running around. And some of them, yeah. there, some of them, I know kids that was that was thirty times better than me when we was younger. Right. But like then you get to a point where it requires work. Yeah, and they weren't putting the work exactly. in. Yeah. So what led to uh, your decision to forego to forego college? Because I mean there wasn't many players at that time that went straight to the league so what was like what, what was your thought process um, when you were like i'm not going to go to it was ut austin yeah, right it was uh university yeah. of uh, texas so it was different because you know going into it i was like yeah i do the workouts because at that like because you can not hire an agent put your name in the draft and go through the workouts test the waters and then you could just put your name out if you want so right. like i was like it can't hurt me to do that that's what the, the situation came down to because i was like i could just go to school still and do all of this so we did it all I was working out at home, get ready for the workouts. I remember my first workout was with the Spurs, so that was that was just down the road. Um, right. And then um, I started doing more and more workouts, and I started getting comfortable in the workouts. I started doing better. I remember the biggest thing is I shot, I shot the leather off the ball through all my workouts. Like that's what I that's the one thing <laughs> I remember vaguely, yeah. or not vaguely, like the most about my workouts. Like I remember traveling and doing, but like I remember being in such a zone of like this the shot you've been talking about, even if you don't go, make sure you leave an impression. Right. So, like, I remember being just – that was the first time I figured out mentally how I, how I could lock myself in, for real. 
because it was real challenge now. Like in high school, those are challenging games, but I had got to a point where I had kind of separated myself, like we talked about. So like I would get, I was getting away with some nights kind of floating, turning it on. Right. Um, game get close. All right, I'm gonna score ten in a row. You know what I mean? Like right. it was like some yeah. stuff that that wasn't helping me no more until like to the summer when you play the best of best everywhere you go. So um, right. when I got to those workouts now, I'm playing against dudes I saw in college when I watched college games on TV. I'm, I've worked out against Monte Ellis in Denver. I um, worked out against uh, the other couple of high school kids that was coming out. See them working out. Um, and guys I looked up to, and I'm stepping in these gyms like, they're not going to punk me. Right. Like, I know that's what everybody <laughs> thinking, because at this time, I'm 6'5", 175 pounds sucking wet. So, like, they <laughs> they trying to beat me up. And I'm like, this is not the way this is going to go down. I might not win this, win, win, this, win the whole thing, but you're not going to punk me. Like, if I fall, I'm getting up. And that's the mentality Not I sure. went through it with. And it kind of like, I grew so much during those workouts. And then I got some guarantees. Utah told me they were going to draft me after the workout. Oh, like wow. After I did it, like they, he, like Coach yeah. Long, they told me, they basically told me the guys they brought in to work out against me were to beat me up. I found this out afterwards. They brought in a bunch <laughs> of strong, uh, super athletic wings and, and forwards to see. He said, Coach Long literally said to my face, I wanted to see if you were going to get up. That's what I needed to know. It's like, I know you can play. I saw your skill set. We look into, like, help you grow. You know, obviously, like, it's not going to be a right now thing, but we want to bring you in, and we want you to be a part of this. And he told me straight up. Right. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we went. Let's do it. And then, like, from there, like, I did the other workouts just to keep going. And, you know, I got some, a lot of good feedback, so it made sense to stay. Man, that's what's up. So, essentially, though, so, like, what do you think about the – um the current changes with like the G league pathway program now of like, you know, potential, you know, high school players going for a year, but having like bigger contracts in the G uh, league. My, um, so my biggest, my biggest people always ask me, cause I think it's unfair for me to say as a guy who did it, that guy shouldn't be able to, right. but I also right. believe that there's a lot of guys who aren't ready to do it mentally, not basketball wise. They're not ready to do gotcha. all the stuff that go with it. They're not ready to do the amount of work. Cause now, as much as it don't feel like a job, and it should, it is a job, and you have to treat it right. as such. And a lot of guys never had a job before they get there, <laughs> so they don't know. No, nah, it's true. They don't know, <laughs> you know what I mean, the type of mindset that goes into that. Like it's gonna be day. Like you don't get to not go to the gym when you don't want to now. Like yeah. that's not how this works no more. Like I wake up plenty of days and I don't want to be in there, but this is what we do. Like, and I think yeah. you got you got to learn how to work all over again. Before is not enough. Um, so I think that the league now, the biggest thing that's that's the the best part about it, it's geared towards younger guys. Like it's okay. geared for that. That's what I was getting to with that. Um, when I was young, I yes. came out. It's all grown men. I was the youngest person on my team right. through three drafts. Like right. yeah, I read about that. <laughs> and I'm still the youngest person on my team. And we drafted three people. Right. We drafted Paul Millsap, Ronnie Brewer, Morris Almond, all these people after me. I'm still younger than them. Three, four years into right. I mean, I shouldn't say younger, but like <laughs> every year, like no matter who we draft, like, there's nobody younger than me coming in now. Cause they right. made the rule, because you can't come out no more. And guys are going two, three years of college at this time. Um, so yeah. that was that was what was so hard. Guys got families, kids, nobody to hang out with, nobody wanna be in the gym all day with me, nobody wanna play 2K <laughs> with me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like right. um, so I had to figure that out. And I think that's where you get into trouble. Guys start leaning into different things. And then you got a bunch of older guys who into different things that you start feeling like you got to do because you're with them. Right. So there's a lot of things that, you know, that make that hard, that transition hard. But now the league is the, it's a young guy's world period. Like social media, video games, the big um, outlet, like, you know what I mean? You can make money off that. Right. Um, social media is allowed guys to do all these ventures off the floor and keep their time occupied in things they're actually interested in. And the league has picked up on it and made it easier for those young guys to find things that fill their time. Got you. Got you. So like, so like now with the young guys coming in, like they're getting brand deals even yeah. before they get drafted. Like you see on draft night, they're already yeah. going sponsored and partnered. You saw the one and partnered. The Baisley kid, he signed the deal for a year and didn't even play basketball. He signed his endorsement deal yep. to get ready for the draft the next year. Like they ain't even signed a guy that was getting drafted the same year. 
Yeah, man, like, it's, getting, it's getting crazy. That's what it's about in the business side. That potential side is so high, and those guys, um, and everybody's looking for that next Giannis, you know, or Greek Freak, or a guy like that, or a guy that's just um, yeah. that's so raw that we able to take this NBA knowledge and just kind of like impress it on them. Um, yeah, but we, but we need to know mentally that he's gonna work and he's gonna understand what we're doing. That's where. It, it, that's where it messes up because you're going to have the best trainers, the best facilities, the best coaches. It's just about your approach to it. Right. So, so let me ask you this, um, like mentally, how do you know, like who's with you, like for you and who's against you? So what I mean by that is, you know, you're in the league um, and, you know, you start getting all these, I'm sure business Uh ideas and endeavors coming your way. Like I, how do you know, you know, who to kind of support and who, to kind of like turn turn away when it comes for to, me for you know, me it was easy right. because i'm not doing nothing that don't align with my site like what i feel like you know what i mean like so like it, right. it don't matter how much you come to me and say we're gonna pay uh you to do about um trimming dog eyebrows i don't know if i don't like if i don't <laughs> like trimming, if i think right. trimming dog eyebrows is wrong i don't care if you got whatever amount of money you got you know what i'm saying so like, right. man, it was the same thing as far as like interest too. Even if I didn't think it was wrong, if I'm not interested, I'm not gonna waste my time on something that we can't build more from. Cause say, yeah, you gotcha. say you pay me twenty five hundred dollars to come sit somewhere and sign some autographs in a place that I don't make, I don't get nothing from. I hate it being there. It's a waste of time. But I got twenty five hundred dollars. Right. Like I'm not doing that. Yeah. Like, like nah, that. That's sure. and I think that's where people get that line mixed because now. You might meet or somebody does show up, and they was like, "Oh, I didn't know you was you was um, involved in this." And then you find out some stuff that you didn't know this company was doing or whatever. Like, right. I always look yeah. at it as people come to you once you set your set your your boundaries and your and your base of what you do up. Then people start to come to you when you do everything right. Gotcha. So, man. And, I, and this can apply to basketball and business, right? So, like, how do you how do you stay motivated for so long when you know you're in the game, um, you know you're, you're receiving great contracts, and it's like, how do you stay motivated to keep going and to play harder oh, and to get better? It's the you know it's saying? the blessing of doing what you love to do. Like, that's the only right. thing I that that come down to. Like, I love the game of basketball, no matter what. When I'm done, I'm gonna probably be coaching somewhere or teaching it somewhere in some type of fashion. Um, like, right. I, that's my biggest thing. I don't really have no no secret to that i do know like as a as i got older and being a leader with um guys on teams you you start to notice what motivates them so like if i know it's a certain guy like he motivated by the money like that's his his stats and whatever whatever i'm like look so then you try to find an approach for your team of like how do you get him on board and make him see that him being on board gets him what he wants so, uh, like, smart. if I yeah, know you have the numbers and you have the contract for money, this one, I'm like, look, if you average, say you average 15 this year and we don't make the playoffs, you you might get whatever, whatever in the open market. But if you average, right. if you average 12 and five and in the second round of the playoffs, you getting the same deal plus more because we win it. And you can make right. people understand that. And understand that that they roll is gonna allow them to have nights of thirty and some nights of fifteen. It's not the same all the time. Then you that person. Like for me, that kind of fits what I do because I'm like pinch hitter starter sometimes. Some nights you're gonna get a bunch of shots. Some nights you're not gonna. And then if it's a guy who's right. learning and he has the potential to be a star, then you gotta you gotta make sure that you show him that. Like you let him know. Like if you want to be who you say you want to be, it comes way more than caring about just yourself. It don't work that right. way. Need no team, and all you care about is scoring thirty. All right, now that makes sense. That definitely makes sense, man. So, you know, with being in the league, so long, you you played with and played against. You Everybody. know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. Um, I was scrolling through your feed, man, and seeing some of the, the posts you did um, around Kobe, man. Is there any Kobe stories that, you know, you kind of remember and you kind of reflect on Oh, I got one that he, he um, terrified me in one of the games. Um, okay. played, <laughs> I mean, I played against him so much because I was in Utah for the first seven years of my career. So we had the same division. Right. We played each other in the playoff. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of things. Like, right. um, maybe not division. I don't remember division lines. But we played each other so much. 
played them all the time. It was just a big rivalry type thing. So one year we in LA and we playing them. And for whatever reason, this night I'm having a really good him. Like I just keep getting my hands on the ball a little bit. I'm messing his rhythm up a little bit this night. Like, and everybody know a lot of times, lot Kobe shot, your defense ain't the reason he missed the shot. Like it's, <laughs> it's him. Like and, he, and that's the way yeah. he thinks too. So um we in the game and like the first half going by, he's struggling a little bit in the first half. But I shouldn't say struggling, he misses some shots. And he's mad about it a little bit. Right. Because because you know, as your my teammate is my team is encouraging me as we go as any team does, like for good plays and things doing right. They got to get charged, something like that. So like if they encouraging me, yeah. it's making him more mad. See them, because he thinking <laughs> he thinking that they think I'm stopping him. Like that's his mindset, right? So he gets subbed out because right. he got right before the half he walking off the floor he points at me he said i got something for that cj something <laughs> for like calling by my name like he never called by my name straight up like that on the floor even after games when i spoke to him yeah but like on the floor and then look directly at me and i was like man <laughs> like in my mind i thought about it through the whole halftime like he about to shoot the ball 50 times in the second half and he's gonna end up with 70 there's nothing i can do about it <laughs> like yeah. and he ended up <laughs> game around but I ended up having a good night but I remember that was one of the craziest ones and then I have and then the other one is shorter um we had a game in a, in Utah me and my boys one of my boys AC's from Dallas he went to Brian Adams actually he was staying with me at the time um and my other boy was with me we were walking out of the game I had another good game against the Lakers and he came out the locker room at the same time as us three as we walking in the hallway at this time I'm like 23 I'm still, you know, that's still yeah. cold. Like, it's being, like, it's not, I'm still looking at him like, you know, he, he still, I mean, I still looked at him like that, but I'm still young. So we walked down the hallway. Right. And he dapped me up and say about a move I made in the game. It was like, ah, that was a good move, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember the exact words, but he said something about it. And me and my boys looked at each other like Santa Claus is there. Like, <laughs> like, and it was crazy. We walked out of the building, like, giggling like little kids. We was in the car talking about it. We spoke about it, like, a few weeks ago. Like, <laughs> Like that was Kobe Bryant that said that to you, bro. Like the dude we watched yeah. all the way up. The dude we emulated, he said something about a move you made. And that was one of the things that let sure. that let me know how he was as a person. Like I always felt like he respected the game more than anybody, anything that I had ever kind of witnessed from afar. Because when I first came in the league, he treated me like because he didn't know what I did well, what I didn't do well when he first played against me. And he treated me like right. I was Michael Jordan the first few times we played just so he could test it out. Like, he wasn't going to disrespect it so I could embarrass him or I could change the game. Gotcha. He's like, I'm going to make sure I know his game. And then, like, he adjusted to it. But, like, that was always so crazy to me. He didn't have to show me respect. I was I came in the league as a teenager, hadn't done anything, and he jumped right in my face when I played him. <clears throat> no, that's real, man. It shows his – Exactly. Uh, shows how competitive he is. driving. Exactly. Nah, for sure, man. So, look, man, I know you got a lot of moments, man, but what would you say is probably, like, your proudest moment in the league uh, as a year? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, there's a lot of different situations. Like, um, yeah, my highest scoring point game when I, I scored 40 when I was in Utah, that was, like, a like from a from a pure, like, basketball, just hooper standpoint. Like, scoring 40 in the league sure. was like a hey, you stamp. Like, I remember that. Yeah, night. not for sure. I missed, like, <laughs> I only missed four shots in the game. It was, like, one of those nights, like. Um, and then just, but my biggest thing is from like my biggest accomplishment is being here this long and being mm -hmm. effective this long for me. For sure. That's the way I look at it because I'm a second round pick out of high school who's basically right. not supposed to beat, not supposed to last, not supposed to do this, not supposed to do that. And I was able to change with the times of the game. I was able to uh, help teams I've been on, help young guys. Like I can go to any team I've played on before and be fine. Like I can walk in that locker room and not have to worry about somebody being upset that I'm there. Everybody gonna shake my hand. We all gonna share stories. It's gonna be love. Like that's the biggest thing for me. Like the game and the relationships I made the right way. Like that's that's my biggest accomplishment is treating it the right way and it treated me the right way because of that. And gotcha. that's it. Yeah. So so out of all your years, what do you think you learned the most from in the league? Uh, the most I have to say during my time in Utah, just from Coach Sloan, from 
D. Will, Paul Mills, but those guys, those older guys that I was around so much because that was a big part of my life. That's 18 and 25. That's teenage right. manhood. Yeah. So, um, and I think um, Coach Sloan just taught me how to approach my work the game. Like, he was a very lunch pill, hard hat type of guy. And he was very fair about it, um, which is not the case in the league all the time. No matter how hard you work and what, doing what they ask you to do, it don't always translate into opportunity or more opportunity or because of just the way things are with contracts and um, people trying to trade other people so they got to play them so they can showcase. It's so much stuff that going behind the scenes Man, I bet. that um, yeah. it don't always translate to that. And I think the one of the things I always respected about him, like even when I was young and I hadn't been playing that much, if we had a week and we had like four or five, four practice days in that week and I had really good practices, he found a way to get me in the game even if he had to break the rotation to do it, because he, he would say you deserved it. Now, what I did in the game right. to make that five minutes turn into ten is on me. But he right. always gave me a chance because he felt like I was working towards it. He did that with everybody, not just me. But that was the biggest thing um, that I got from them, just the way we worked and the way we were off the floor, that we were able to be like they was like big brothers, and it carried on to the floor. They would fight people for me. <clears throat> They would push people off me if they felt like they were trying to punk me, even though they didn't have to. But I, having that support when right. I was that young, it taught me so much about how uh, you treat your teammates, how you treat the game, because that's how you get to trust to be able to build a foundation of a winning organization. No, for sure, man. I want to I want to pivot from basketball in a second. Definitely get back to it, man. But I read somewhere, man, that you know your love for basketball was, is also tied to you know your love for music early on in, in your life. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So where would you say like both started from? Like music, your love for music. Where would you say that <laughs> uh, music from? for the it started in the church. Like it started. Yeah. My dad's a minister, so I'm in church okay. all day Sunday, Wednesday, any type of vacation Bible school, any type of. <laughs> Like we traveled for revival. Right. So the first thing for me was like we 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 grew up in this little church outside Dallas, like 30 minutes east in Carmen, Texas. So like we would have these revivals. All these okay. choirs would come and they would fill this little building up and they would be waiting outside to come in for their chance to sing. You can hear them practicing outside. It's the it's the weirdest energy, not since the weirdest, it's a powerful energy. Because there's no instruments at in the in the choirs that we it's all a cappella. So everything's sharp, everything is years and years of practice. People that's been bred into this and they would come in and rock this little building it would blow my mind all the different sounds and all the things they could do with just a voice and um as i grew into that obviously i sang in the choir in church then my grandmother's church around the corner they had the organs they had the pianos they had the so it was the <laughs> other thing they had the big robes it was the way you see southern church on tv when they showcase it you know um so i got right. that side of it and i didn't really get into no music outside of gospel until i was older because my dad didn't allow it um right. got a grade took some piano lessons opened it up some more and i was like man this is and, and i started leaning and leaning started writing in high school and then like it took off like a rocket ship before i knew it i was in it yeah. all the time and i didn't even realize it it was just something i was doing and then i realized right. how much it was taking over my free time outside of basketball or whatever else i had to do and i just said if it if it's like basketball and it make me feel better and it helps me as a person and mentally and spiritually, then I keep it. And that's the way I do with everything. Right. Like if it don't, I don't, I don't have stuff around or do things just to do them. Gotcha. gotcha. <clears throat> so where do you, where do you see yourself taking that? Cause I mean, I, I, I know, I know you've been doing it for a while. Like, are you going to plan on pursuing I, it like, I mean, full time? Um, my biggest thing, I'm a creative. That's how I look at it. I like to be any, any right. every, anything that I'm dealing with. I like to be creative. I like this. So that's one of my things I like to do. So um, for me, it's, it's more about the purity of it, just like the message that's involved in it. When I feel inspired to do gotcha. it, when I like the, the beauty of it is I don't have no restrictions. Can't, can't do with it because it's mine. Like I'm not some artist that's trying to get paid off of it or at a, with a record deal right, right. or with a, do I want to, do I want to explore what we can do with it because I have people that I work with that I think they work should be showcased that they've helped me do and things like that. Yes. Um, and I'm, I, I released that song a couple of weeks ago, the free song. We're going to release, we're yeah, gonna check release it another yeah, one um, in the next few days or so yeah. um, with the same producers, same people that we've been working at, working with for, I've been working with these guys for 10 years now and nobody knew that. Like we just okay. been making music. So like 
we at a point now, and I'm at a point now where that basketball rapper thing don't bother me no more because I put it in the 10,000 hours. Gotcha. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, I, I did this, <laughs> exactly. I did this the right way. And if you listen to my music and content, you, you coming at me for it, it will make you look stupid. <laughs> because I, I, right. I, it's, it's the one thing you can't say is that it's not well put together and it's not been a skill that's been honed. Right. So we going to see, you know, as we keep going, hopefully there's a music project that comes out in June, which is hard because the world shut down. Like, um, so yeah. like, I actually had an <laughs> album that was coming everything. out before this whole thing. And oh, it just, wow. we didn't work out because yeah. we had the meeting with the, with you not, with, with who do we have a meeting with? It doesn't matter at this point. United uh, Masters? We had a meeting with them too, yes. And then we had, we okay. had a couple other meetings and um, I, I, I can't remember. I just don't want to say one and not say the other. So like, um, right, right. But right. um, yeah. So like, I was planning on putting that out. Then March came. It was supposed to go out on my birthday, March eighteenth, and we were supposed to start doing some some promo stuff for it and everything. And then the world shut down like that same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, crazy timing. Um, so musically, outside of you know gospel, who would you say is like the first person that co-signed you as like an artist? That kind of helped you, you know, kind of believe that, yo, this it's is possible wild. too. The first person that took me to a studio was another basketball player. It was D Brown from Illinois that was on my team in Utah. He went, he uh, was, he was rapping already. <laughs> and I was, I was doing stuff like on my on my computer. I was writing. I wasn't rapping. I just made music for like just for myself at the time. And I went with him because right. I had never been. I just went to go sit in. And he was like, yo, you should go in there in the booth. And I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, I'm like, nah. And I remember I stepped in there. I stepped on a wire that unplugged the headphones. I did a bunch of, like, I was in there, like, shook. And then I, like, did, like, a little freestyle or whatever in there just so we could keep it moving so I could, so they could stop telling me to go. And I heard myself through the speakers, and I was like, wow. And I went home that night, and I wrote all night. And then from that day, that was when it turned into, like, making songs and putting a message in it and seeing that I could communicate. I wanted to give people what I got from music. Cause I feel like we don't get that a lot from music yeah. now. And that's nothing, that's right. not to say there's something wrong yeah. with, you know, like I like some of the music that's mainstream and stuff too. Like there's, there's good songs, a place for everything, but I just feel like it's, it's lopsided. We don't showcase. So like, right. I wanted to make a platform for people that make music that way. Even if it's not even myself, like I wanted to be able to, to continue to push the envelope. Like it's okay that you do this that you do it this way. A lot of guys won't put their Got music out. A lot of women won't put their music out because they feel like it don't match up with what people dancing to on TikTok. And that shouldn't Not be the case sure. because right now we need stuff about life more than anything because everybody's stuck contemplating and, and stuck in their house trying to figure out where they're going to move yeah. next and how they're going to deal with things. And it's emotional exactly. time. It's not a club time. Exactly. You can't be out faking life right now because you got to sure. be in the house. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you need a you message. Need something for your mind. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So I don't want to say compared because I, I don't I don't really like I don't think people should compare themselves to other people. But like I say, if you had to like kind of put your music with, you know, an artist that's already out there so people can kind of, you know, um, get an idea, who would you say are a couple artists that would be yeah. in the same? I don't, I don't, of your I don't, music? I don't know. That's a, um, I can tell you my influences like that. Again, so like, um, sure. well, OK, so like I'm I guess. My, like I'm a big Crit fan. I'm a big Cole fan. As far as guys like now, man, like I love now, them both. As far as like right now, so like yeah. I guess shit kind of get close to that realm. Like I'm not like them. Obviously, those are artists that have been artists their whole life. But those are guys that like I really enjoy listening to, and I think that give me what I'm trying to give to music. Um, and then like right. you know, but I my influences are uh, Black Thought, you know, The Roots, uh, Erica Badu, oh, Jill yeah, Scott. Yeah. Not, that's, that's not a coincidence on them just doing the live. That That's really true. <laughs> um, um, Lauren Hill, right. Andre 3000, um, you know, uh, yeah, also, like that's where I come from. Like that's where, that's mm -hmm. where my greatest love of music comes from. Like from those type of people, those type of writers, those, that type of sound, really heavy independentship and creativity as far as like what they put into the world. And that's the way I treat it. That's the way I trained it. I trained it to reflect, right. you know, my expression of what's going on because I know my expression won't lie. Like, that's how I keep myself in check also. Right. 
No, for sure, man. So you got you got basketball, music, family. Are there, are there any like other uh, endeavors you're investing in? Business, you know, real estate, anything else um, you have going on that you kind of do really, on projects? Right now, I'm I'm trying to get more into using you know the knowledge that I've obtained over this time, like right. sp- like doing something like stuff like this, like podcast speaking, like like. Right. put myself in a light where I can use the abilities I've, I've gained over time to be able to share with younger kids and younger adults and, and even people my age that have, you know, stepping into the light, stepping into places that I've been in and I can share that stuff because I feel like one For of the sure. things a little harder when I was coming up, I had guys around me that helped me, but like there weren't a lot of guys that I really felt like went out their way to be like, come on, we're going to do it like this. Like this is... And then, like, you right. can interpret it how you want, but, like, I know I've been in the league for or I've been doing this job for this long, and these are some of the things I've learned that no matter what are the basis of staying successful, and then you kind of help guys figure out what, what makes them even better. That's what I want to do, whether it be basketball, life, music, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. I want to give everything that I, can, that I can. So I try to learn everything I can, that I can. Gotcha. That makes sense. So, I'm. Um, have you been keeping up with the yeah, last dance? Yeah, yeah. yeah, man. So, like, what have you been getting from that, man? Like, there's a lot of stuff I didn't even know, and you know, I'm a huge basketball fan, and just kind of going back has kind of been, you know, cathartic. You know, what I'm saying. But like, um, what have you been taking from the past? I want to say yeah. six episodes. I guess maybe. being so yeah, young, so and there's stuff about, right. um, like, obviously about the Bulls. Like, I, grew, I was born in '87, so I saw like the early '90s and mid '90s, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like how big right. of a deal some of the stuff was that I didn't know because I was only watching the games. Like I wasn't into news exactly. and all of that. Like I knew Dennis Rodman was out <laughs> here wilding, but I didn't know the extent of it. Yeah. I to knew, that extent. Yeah. I, I, I knew Scotty Pippen was hurt, but I didn't know he was holding out. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't know this. Yeah. So I didn't know exactly, the yeah. discrepancies. Yeah. I didn't care to. Like I just knew that Mike was Mike and that team was incredible. And but it also reestablished the mindset that I thought that he had to have, that Mike had to have. It let me know it, it was even crazier than I thought. <laughs> like, um, but I think yeah. that it showcases that he gave everything up to win and to and how much he did it for the people that came to see him play. Like, I think, I don't know if they ever took right. that into account as much as I did watching this. Like, people always thought it was just about him wanting to be better than everybody, but he also talks about so much about people came to see him play. And he wanted to make sure when they came to see him play, they realized why everybody thought he was who he was. And he proved it. Right. That he, he's exactly who we thought he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and I, I hate to I hate to put you on the spot, man, but this is those this is one of those questions that everybody's gonna ask, man. Seeing where MJ is at and where LeBron is doing, do you really think it's a comparison? Or do you think they you got to put them in their own separate line. I think you have to put them in their own separate thing because one, they're two totally different players. And I think that oh um, for sure. I like yeah. in the beginning, I would have compared uh LeBron to Magic first before I compared him to Mike anyway. And then and then the numbers got so gotty okay. now you have to compare him to Mike because the number like he you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, he's he's at that point, and that's yeah. where the, the line gets blurred because everybody judges everything off numbers, everything off like off championships, off. But there's so many things that go into the game. Like we we make fun of Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley was a bad man. He right. just happened to play Mike. Man, he's a beast. There's a bunch of guys in the league right. now yeah. who have been who we'll talk about when they done how great they were, but they played against Golden State and LeBron for the last decade and some change. Like. You know what I mean? There's a there's right. a there's levels to greatness, obviously, and those guys like push the ceiling even higher. So the guys that are great and not in the same type of situations all the time to to maybe beat those teams, they get kind of underplayed. And they get, you know, we don't talk about it the same. So I think we have to look at it like two different eras, two different types of players, teams, people they played against. But I always go back to the eye test and like when I watch, when you watch okay. a Mike game, nobody looked like Mike on tape. Yeah. Like when you watch him play, True. no, like you watch LeBron play and you True. see everything he do and you see how he affect the game and the game ends and he got 35, 12, and nine. <laughs> and it's, but like, 
Yeah, be, be like a like, quiet triple double. <laughs> and this is not a shot at LeBron. Like LeBron does, yeah. he defends, he blocks shots, he does the things that Mike did. But the the way Mike played, it was it was just like you you couldn't tell if they was up thirty or down thirty when you walked in the gym. You could tell if he had made his last five right. shots or missed his last five shots. You know what I mean? Like, and again, this is not a knock on anybody else, but. When I watched Mike play, I, nobody else right. gave me back that energy from the tape that Mike gave me. Like he just, he just yeah. all over gotcha, the place man. with the ball, without the ball, defensively. Like he attacked ninety nine percent of the time. Like Russ, Russ is the right. most similar person like, to that type of energy. In my mind. Yeah, and I would say he's that been too, like yeah, he's always on go. Nobody's like he was the closest person to that type of energy to me, as far as attacking. No, that makes that makes sense, man. Um, I'm not gonna hold you up too much longer. I have mm-hmm. a, like two more. So you know, at the beginning of the conversation, man, we definitely talked about you know um, you having a daughter, another Thanks, one on the way. You. Definitely, congratulations, man. Um, me being a, a a girl dad myself, what what kind of things do you want to steal in your daughters? You know, growing up, I think a lot of times. Um, you know, man, we kind of say it's easier to kind of raise boys, but you know, you know, the little girls that we have, they're gonna think, look up to us. Yeah. You know, and I kind of mimic. Um, I think what boys mimic who they want because you feel like you don't have to, um, like they, 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 you can just kind of still be yourself even more because they men, they're gonna be men. There's not right. You don't have to worry about little certain little little things because these are things that they're gonna get from the aspect of seeing you around like with a girl you got to be able to, there's a lot you don't want them you don't want to tell them something and then be doing something else and then be doing this or like and they got to go out into the world to find someone that you believe is suitable for them too so like my biggest thing with her right that i try to instill is like not only from my actions but like how i speak to her how i speak to her mom i make sure i go out of my way for her to see certain things so that as she grows up that the way she should be treated, the way she should talk to, she should be talked to and the way she should talk to other people. Speak to everybody the same way, whether that person brought us our food on a plate, they took the trash out, or it was the president of the United States, or the whatever, whatever. Like, it's it's about treating people the right way and, and, and acting a certain way, walking a certain path that all things you want to do and to be able to make the effects on people that you want to make. And I just try to continue to instill, you know, certain things in her, like let even at two years old, like let her know it's okay to make a mistake. Like right. you don't have to be ashamed of that. Now, when we talk about it, I make sure we look right. like one of the things I'm thinking about is her looking at me in my eyes. If I have to tell her about doing something wrong, like I don't let her like put her right. head down and get all like, I'm not yelling at her in a way where she feels that way. I just want her to know, like, it's okay. We just have to know that you can't do it again. Right. So then I you know once I tell her that right. she can't do it, I make sure to I pick her up and we go do whatever. Make sure it's, let her know like I'm not mad. I'm not because she's two. She's supposed to mess up. And you're gonna mess up for the rest of your life. I'm 33 right. and I'm still messing right. up. Exactly. So <laughs> Same I, that's here. one of my biggest things Same I think is just about just life in general, just about carrying yourself and, and keep going and, and moving and and that you going you gonna fall. <laughs> No, for sure. And um, I think with me, mine is I'm trying to have keep an open communication with my little girl. Like, as I know, I told mm-hmm. you, she's she's older. She's 12. So right, I don't ever want yes. her to be afraid to tell me something because she thinks I'm going to be mad and upset. Like, tell me, let's talk about it so we can figure it out together. Like, I can't protect you from stuff I don't know, you know. So, you know, it takes a while because I know when I was young, Not I facts. didn't want to tell yeah. my parents, <laughs> you know, certain stuff. But um, but at the end of the day, man, I can't. I, my parents never steered me wrong. You know, things they told me I shouldn't do, I did it anyways. <laughs> yep. And I yep. learned my lesson. <laughs> I learned my lesson. You know, so I'm trying to, you know, help her with that, and you know, prevent her make from making the same mistakes. You know, I, I've made. Um, but another thing, man, as big as like education, would you? Are you going to be one of those parents like are are pushing your kids to go to college, or are you going to like pursue your passion? And if that takes you to college, it takes you to college, or is college definitely something you uh, my, know, that my you kind of want to mandate is, for uh, Your, what is your passion? So, like, now, if this right. is really your passion, then you need to know as much as you can about it. 
which means you probably need to go to school for it. Right. Depending on what it is. Like, obviously, my passion True. was basketball. I didn't need school for that right now. Right. So that's why I'm already preparing for that argument. Right. And, I, and that's the reason why. That's the other reason why I was talking about this morning about me finishing school, going to school and finishing and continuing to do things education-wise. I make sure, like, and I'm a person that I'm a I'm a knowledge seeker. So like, I read and write and, and research a lot of things like that that interests me and things that I want to know about and things that I'm going to be involved in. But as far as like an actual degree, I don't have yet, and I want to get that because now the conversation is even easier for her because she's not going to go play basketball at a high school. Her passion. I want her to know right. that the more knowledge about it she has, the more she'll be able to do with that passion. Like, you just because you like to play the piano, but I mean, sure. you can sit in front of 10,000 people and just beat on the keys. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, right. you want to yeah. be able to put yourself in a situation where you can and make people feel what you want them to feel. No, that's real. And I'm glad you talked about knowledge. Um, as far as when it goes to books, like what is your one of your go-to books? Like for me, my uh -huh. for example, mine's The Alchemist. You know, I, I read that a lot, and I always recommend. So that. there's two, like one there's two that you, Martin Luther King you know, books I always end up back on. Um, one is called Strength to Love. Okay. And the other one is called Why We Can't Wait. Um, sorry, Strength to Love. Okay. Measures, measures of a man. One of the, or maybe measurements of a man is in Strength to Love. Okay. But those two two books one of them's really short the other one's a little longer but it's just obviously the um the the titles you know what they really about like there's a lot of excerpts from his his preachings and right. research and then stories just about why we can't wait to change like he wrote that book what how many years ago and it's still relevant to exactly what's going on today because we're still doing the same things and i think right. that's i think the power is in that in itself that he wrote the book so long ago that it's still when it was when we felt like it was at the height of whatever it is, uh, civil rights and all of it is, and now we here and it's still the same type of stuff. But I think when you read it, you also realize it's not, it's not always black and white. It's not about civil rights. It's about us as people. Like it, it doesn't like people complain that they want the, like when Obama was president, they thought he was gonna stop racism. The person in that office, I don't care who you right. put in there, they're not stopping racism. The people stopping racism. That's where that start first. And then, because sure. if the people start, you can start to make it laws and you can start to make things because now it's not happening as much. It's not all over the place. It's not taking away freedom of speech. It's not taking away because now everybody understands what we're trying to do, what we're building towards. But as long as we, as people don't get along, it don't matter who's sitting in the chair up there because he can make a rule. Like, we're not supposed to steal. People right. still steal. So you think people still not going to do racial stuff if he make a law? Yeah. Like, based on us and how we treat each other right. and where we yeah. want to go as people. And that's the way I look at it. No, nah, for sure. No, nah, that's real, man. And uh, definitely to, to to end there our conversation, man. I kind of want to ask you to leave, you know, a gem for. I know you talked about being an educator and kind of mentoring, motivating others. So kind of leave like a little cosign gem for you know a young athlete or a young creative, you know, who wants to pursue their passion or you know might be down at times right now. What would you kind of leave them uh, um, a message or a quote for them? The, I mean, it's no secrets. That's my biggest thing. One of the things I always tell younger people, like everybody always asks, what are you doing? What did you do? I was doing the same thing you was doing. I just did it all the time. <laughs> like, I, and, like, and, 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 right. and then they look at me like I'm crazy <laughs> at first and they understand what I'm saying. Like, the, 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 the basket's been 10 feet since I started playing basketball. The line's been the same distance. The drill's been the same type of drills. I just did it over and and I went at it right. and practiced and I Everything was geared towards how to how does it help me get better at this, whatever it is that I want. You want to be right. that you draw and you draw and you draw and you draw. Like I, I don't know what else, I don't know what else you want me to <laughs> right. tell you. Like, and people and people kind of like it's and, and it's the same type of stuff I get. Like, but I, I if you want to be a shooter, you shoot and you shoot and you shoot. You run, you shoot, and you shoot, yeah. and you shoot, and you shoot yeah. run again, you shoot again. Like, yeah. it's, it's no secret. To, it's about what you're <laughs> right. willing to do, what you're willing to put aside for what you want. Like, the path is only narrow when you think you're missing out. Like, that's the only time right. something seems hard to do. Like, it's hard to be on a diet when you really don't want to lose weight. 
You know what I'm saying? If you want to lose weight, <laughs> True. then you're not missing out on no cookies. Yeah. Because you know what you want to do. Like, yeah. and that's the way I look. That's yeah, the way yeah. I approach everything that yeah, I'm trying to get better. Part. My passions that I'm trying to build on. Does this help that? If it hinders it, if it's if it's if it's not darkening sure. in my life, then it don't need to be there. Yeah. No, that's real. That's real though. That's real, man. Man, I, I definitely appreciate your time, man. It's a great conversation, bro. I think our audience definitely going to resonate with it, man. Um, a last one, I kind of added yeah. to manager your, your yeah. Instagram handle, Mas Fresco, more fresh. Um, so <laughs> where that when, come um, from? When social media first, when when I first got on there, I mean, when Twitter came out, when Twitter first came out, it was for like air quotations. I'm doing those uh, celebrities to post like they um right. they schedules like we doing right. concerts here or we doing this so we doing that. It wasn't really for everybody. That wasn't the goal. So, like, I remember I'm not getting on that. And then it started kind of blowing up. So I got it for the presence. And my name was just my name. My number it was CJ Miles 34. And it was starting to turn. It was getting – I mean, it's nasty on there now. But, like, for some of the used to it, it was starting yeah. to get too much. Like, I was spending too much time on it because it was such a new thing. And I was dealing with just the people talking crazy. They were talking to my family, talking about me. It wasn't just about basketball. It was all this stuff. So I was like, I need to get away from that until I learn how to right. control that emotion. So I erased it. I erased it. And when got I came you. back, I'm like, I'm coming back on my terms as me, not just some basketball player that got a handle so people can just talk crazy. Like, I wanted to show myself, not CJ Miles, right. just a basketball. I was like, I'm not going to just put my name. So I started just playing right. around with names, Googling stuff and terms and whatever. Got the Mas Fresco. Nobody had it. And it was more fresh in Spanish. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Ran it on Instagram, ran on Twitter, and I've been having it since. Like, <laughs> I still can't believe that it was there. Like, that that's it was just, <laughs> I didn't have to put no number behind it or nothing. Like, I've been able to have it. And then with music, people people kind of figured, yeah. because my music, I was kind of being open with that around the same time, that that was my rap name, which it was not. But people started calling me Fresco. Even people right. on my basketball team <laughs> call me Fresco now. Like, it's just what it is. Um, but um, yeah. it's, it's pretty funny like people ask me that a lot actually thank you for tuning in to episode 4 of the Cosign Conversations podcast featuring CJ Miles NBA sharpshooter artist and father if you like what you hear please subscribe to the Cosign Conversations podcast on all platforms like share and comment and also follow Cosign Mag on all social media and download the Cosign Magazine app you can also follow CJ Miles at Masfresco on, so- on social media and download his new singles on iTunes or Spotify wherever you listen to music and as always please continue to live the Cosign life Thank you for tuning in to episode five of the Coastline Conversations podcast. We had an amazing episode with Thomas Field, CEO of Grind Basketball. If you like what you heard, please share, like, comment, and subscribe to the Coastline Conversations podcast. Stay tuned to CoastlineMag.com and follow us on all social media platforms at CoastlineMag. And as always, thank you for living the Coastline life. Peace.